Welcome to a brand new edition of Towel Light Talk. This is Casey. And this is Chris. We're drinking coffee. It's early in the morning for us, but we knew that we had to put out a podcast because there's a lot more news than we thought there was when we started writing down our notes a couple days ago. <laughs> there always is. It always just steamrolls. Um, first thing we want to say was bad news, but it is now good news. Uh, Kevin Smith, uh, prolific filmmaker, huge geek, um, pioneer podcaster, had a heart attack a couple days ago. Um, really scary. Could have literally died. Um, he's out of the hospital now. He seems to be doing better, but um, we're just we're just glad. You know, Kevin Smith is like Mallrats is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I fucking love the guy and so scary. Not an old guy at all, but glad to hear that he's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of, you know, growing up on his movies, you know, mm-hmm. I just really, I really feel that his his geekdom is really part of my, you know, my experience of being a geek and you know, with his work on now the DC shows and everything like that, it's Comics, you know, you know, he's written comics, all that too. stuff. Yeah, like he's just really grown into his own outside of his own movies. Yeah, um, and I'm really happy that that's happened and that he's okay. So, thank the gods. That's it. Um, so first things first, um, we're gonna get into some Marvel news. Me or you? Can't remember. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So Marvel. The first thing. If you don't know something, just let me know, and I'll take it over, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Punisher 2 uh, adds three new uh, actors. Uh, Josh Stewart has been cast as John Pilgrim, a man whose calm exterior belies a ruthless interior. Um, Despite having left behind a life of violence, circumstances will force him to use his old skills and bring him into Frank Castle's world. Uh, Florina Lima will play the role of Krista Dumont, a smart, compassionate, and driven psychotherapist for military veterans and Georgia Wingham has been locked to play Amy Bendix, a street smart grifter with a mysterious past. So what do you, what do you think of this casting is? Those are the official character. Yeah. Descriptions. I sure. I mean, it sounds all like characters that belong in that show. I don't know, man. (laughs) It doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, I know it starts shooting this month. So, I mean, I'm glad that they're moving full steam ahead on it. I personally would rather see some news from what's happening with Daredevil and uh, Luke Cage. You know, as much as I'm excited about this, there's not a lot of news coming out of the other Netflix shows, especially with Jessica Jones starting March 8th. We haven't seen one, a ton from that. Week. Yeah. 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 So, I mean... There's three shows coming out this year that we don't know a whole ton about, which I'm fine with. Um, but um, I don't want to read too much into Punisher too because I don't want to spoil it too much either. You know, so it's it's good. To me, the the only one that really sh- strikes out is Josh Stewart's character. It's John Pilgrim, mm-hmm. um, only because I could see him being an antagonist to Frank, but also maybe an antagonist to Jigsaw. I, even though I know that that guy, Billy the Butte was like the main bad guy throughout that first series. They got to use Jigsaw. You know what I mean? Like in some, either, you know, Marvel series have a way of doing like the first uh, six or seven episodes or one direction. And then it switches the last part of the season. 
um, which with Luke Cage was kind of a fail because Cottonmouth was so fucking good. And Diamondback, I didn't mind him, but it was just a not nearly as good as a villain. <laughs> um, so I could definitely see that guy kind of like maybe infringing on Jigsaw's territory or something like that. So again, like you said, I don't really want to read into it too much, but I'm just excited. Punisher was other than Daredevil, the best Marvel series in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, so um, I'm going to just kind of switch to more TV news. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, series finale, season finale of this fifth season is getting written as the series finale. Uh, Zach Layden said that they don't know what's going to happen, but it could possibly be the end friend um, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know you still watch that for some reason. Uh, What do you think of this news? (laughs) I haven't watched it in weeks. Fine. Write it that way. I would rather have them. They try to salvage the show last two years, and it's it's been good enough. Um, it's been good, and I wish I wish it would have been as strong from the beginning, or that people weren't such assholes from the beginning. Um, but the this is the way that people should always write things if it's on the on their fe- on the fence about it. And I would rather have some kind of at least feeling that they made an effort to to end the show. Because I mean. The thing about the Marvel Universe is like it's so it's so cohesive and it's like it, it's been done so well, even the even the shitty things that it's like at least give this some a little love at the end, you know. Let me ask you, I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole, but let me just ask you a question real quick. When we have the streaming services coming with Star Wars, um well Disney Channel streaming services, but we're gonna get Star Wars shows, we know this. Um do you think that Star Wars will do it differently than Marvel in the sense that everything that they do in their shows will be connected, unlike Marvel hashtag it's all connected? Do you think they'll learn from those mistakes? No. I to be honest, it's it's really too big of a question to ask. I mean, this is something that yeah, I mean we should put into our canon episode in a way. Right. Um I think that if they do an anthology show, it there's ways to do that. Uh, but at the same time, there's also ways to keep it very standalone and, and, and whatever. So it's it's really too big of a question for me to answer right now. I would like to see it, yes, of course. But they are playing it safe to a certain extent. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur series. Um, being developed by Lawrence Fishburne, actually. Um, he's executive producing it. Uh, not, I, I think it's going to be an animated series. Yes. And I believe it will be going to the Disney streaming service. I, I, maybe that, or it was going to one of the kids, the kid Disney, um, stations outside of like XD and stuff like that. Who knows? Right. Okay. I guess they haven't really necessarily said. Very popular comic. Um, so it's great. It's kind of a weird concept, but I mean, it's hey, see what happens. See what works. I we've gotten a lot of Disney news this week. <laughs> like yeah. lots of Disney stuff coming out. So we'll keep going. Um, Gemma Chan 
uh, has been cast as the Kree spy Minerva in the Captain Marvel film. Um, how will these Kree look compared to the AOS treatment, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. treatment? I mean, better. <laughs> They'll it's have weird. a movie budget. They, but that's just weird to me, though. I mean, it's like, this is why having this TV show be part of this universe and then yeah. deciding to even go in this direction. It's like, why don't you do a better job of it? Because now you have, you're painting up humans to look like Kree in the new season. The Kree from the previous season were like these big brutes. So, I mean, there's different looks to the Kree, but like, what are you going to do for a movie? And make them look super special and then it's going to look like shit on TV, you know? I, uh, well, the show's I, probably gone, so I guess it super matter like think about it like who really watches the show compared to who's going to see that movie the people who watch the show are going to go oh that looks different the people who don't watch the show are going to go that's a Cree and we already got introduced to Ronin I guess that's yeah. the real Cree that we've seen in the cinematic world but exactly exactly it's weird yeah it's a little different um but I'm excited that uh I'm just excited to see Cree. You know what I mean? I'll be more excited to see Skrull, but yeah. I'm excited to see Kree as well. <laughs> Skrull. Skrull I'm very pumped up about. Um, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> uh, did you read this series of tweets between Mark Hamill and, and Luke? or uh, James Gunn. James, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, James Gunn. So <laughs> basically, um, someone asked if Mark Hamill would be in the next Guardians film. And then Mark Hamill was like, I would be in that movie. And James Gunn's like, I would like you in that movie. You live right down the street from me. So <laughs> looks like we might be seeing Mark Hamill show up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Who knows what that really means? I mean, well, there's always those CGI characters. That everybody makes like Nathan a, Fillion. A and we don't even yeah. know that it's Nathan Fillion, but it's still right. cool. Right. I mean, will Mark Hamill show his face on screen? Maybe. No. That'd be awesome. Oh, I doubt it. Probably I doubt it. Probably not. Yeah. Because Michelle Yeoh is a character. She's one of the original Guardians at the end of mm-hmm. Volume 2. But, like, yeah. you don't know it's Michelle Yeoh. So is a dude from Smallville. Because they're all James Gunn's friends. Oh, Michael you know? Rosenbaum. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, Michael Rosenbaum yeah. and, like, Nathan Fillion show up in everything that James mm-hmm. Gunn does because they're all good buddies. But you know, yeah. no, too. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, expect that. Uh, All right, so moving over from Marvel Studios over to Fox Studios, um, nothing's 100% with this Disney-Fox deal, but Fox is acting like they're on their last legs, in a a good way. Um, So what they're trying to do, um, they... We're expected to do three films this year, but that's changed. We're going to talk about it. So this year, we definitely are having Deadpool 2, and we're getting X-Men Dark Phoenix. That's 2018. What they want to do is push three movies out on 2019 and 2020 as that possible deal solidifies. So let's talk about that first. What do you think of this three Fox movies a year deal thing? I mean, that it makes sense now. I mean, when we've been talking about this in the last few episodes of all these weird titles coming out, like Multiple Man or uh, Kitty Pride, and uh, we know X-Force is coming, uh, which is a talking point today. But, I mean, it's not hard to see that they could do it. It's the fact that they are doing it that 
kind of bothers me. Um, this is, you know, outside of Marvel Studios, period, this is where I get worried where the comic book bubble is just, like, getting pushed to its, you know, to its... to the point of, you know, explosion. Um, but I, you know, with Marvel Studios, it'll never happen because those movies are so rooted in um, what a movie is, different genres within itself, stuff like that, so they can exist. But these kind of movies, like, does the world need them? Do we need them as fans? Are they going to do the right, you know, are they going to justify justification for the character? I don't know. I just feel like this is all a big money-making scheme. Well, obviously, Hollywood is about making money. Um, these characters right. about making money, but let's let's lay it all out there. Um, what what else we what else we have coming on? Because in all I, I I want to say something about that though. Because listen, Disney could be putting out three Star Wars movies a year right now if they wanted to. But they won't because they're smart about it. Because they know oversaturation of it is not a good idea. So I mean, this is the studio's decision to be a bunch of pieces of shit, you know, and and push these movies that we don't need right before Marvel takes over and does the right job with them. So I don't care how good Deadpool is. I don't care how good um, Deadpool Two is going to be. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, it's fine. I do, I do, and I don't because it's, it's you. You made one good movie, you know, one really, really good movie. Two, Logan. Right. Okay. Now <laughs> you're starting to make good movies, you know, after 20 years. But it's like, it's not gonna. It, you, you can't just shove three movies into like a year and say that you're doing good quality. I'm sorry, you're not. Because these movies aren't even—they're—they're they're not even started yet. You know what I mean? It's like, and you can't—you can't even keep a director on like one of your films. Um, so Gambit, you know, it's like it's a—it's me- a mess over there at Fox because they just—they just want to make money, you know, on what they have left. On the on the <laughs> yeah, go ahead on the shirt tails—the shirt tails of this deal. I have to agree. Um, you're you're making me look at it a different way because. It's a little bit different with Marvel Studios. Not only do they make the movies, in my opinion, different. You know, I have some people who are friends of mine who think that they're all the same, but I don't. I think that Black Panther is vastly different than Ant-Man, which is vastly Mm -hmm. different than Doctor Strange, and so on and so forth. Um, But Fox doesn't have a Feige, and it doesn't have an overarching thing. Now, it does have... um, Who's the other head exec over there that's Kinsberg? No, Simon Kinsberg. Simon Kinsberg is directing um, Dark Phoenix. He's worked on every X-Men movie. He's the producer <laughs> on all of them. The dude's also a producer on Rebels and Home Wars, and he works everything Disney <laughs> a lot. So he he I don't I think he's a smart guy. But the thing is, so maybe Kinsberg is there is there um is there Feige, but they still, until now, with X-Men First Class, you know, the, you know I love X-Men First Class, I love Days of Future Past, I hate Apocalypse, um, Dark Phoenix, I'm definitely on the fence about because I think it's a story that's way bigger than one movie and way bigger than showing me when I don't even know who this Phoenix is, in a sense. Um, but anyway, point being, they don't seem to have a reason for all of these Fox characters to exist together. And so let's just throw out these titles because this is all in the mix. Uh, 
Gambit, possibly. Multiple Man, possibly. Noah Hawley, uh, the director, or, you know, the creator of Legion, is in the mix for doing a Doctor Doom movie. Um, that's on the table. Then we have X-Force, which we know is going to happen. Uh, Rob Leefield, uh, creator of X-Force, Deadpool, blah, blah, blah. He said that it's supposed to be shooting in October, um, which I'm okay with. I fucking love X-Force. I'm, I'm very okay with that. And I love what they did with Deadpool, and I think Deadpool 2 is going to be fantastic. So for, for that, I'm very happy with everything Deadpool-related. Before, okay before this rumor, though, let's talk about New Mutants, because remember, that was three, that was three Fox movies this year, too. So if they would have succeeded with keeping New Mutants this year, it would have been 18, 19, 20, three movies, three movies, three movies. And they would have already started that this year. So... Well, okay, let me... I'm, I'm leaving New Mutants for the last because I just want yeah, to throw yeah. in this other one. So that well, I just want to mention that, too. Oh, that yeah, would, yeah. We'll that, would have been three, that would have been three movies. That would have been three this year, yes. Um, and then... There is a rumor that Brian K. Vaughn would be writing a Silver Surfer movie. Um, let me ask you about this because I, you know that I have a different relationship with Brian K. Vaughn, but I want to hear your opinion first. To me, to me, it really doesn't matter if Brian K. Vaughn is writing a Silver Surfer movie. Yes, it sounds like a really glorious concept, but at the same time, it just it doesn't. I, I don't know how that would fit in with anything. I maybe maybe that's the way to go. Maybe it shouldn't fit in with it. It's just this crazy cosmic adventure um, that is on par with, say, like Thor three or something like that, where you're doing this more Kirby looking galaxy and 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 a story that just a zany story that revolves around the surfer. But will can they? Would they ever do that? Would they be able to achieve that? I don't know. That's the only thing I could ever really see me being happy with, except the surfer showing up at the beginning of Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, yeah. supposed to. <laughs> I think if they're gonna do it, because they're go- they are going to space in Dark Phoenix, yeah. they'll keep it. They'll keep it cosmic. I think that it won't have anything to do with. Fantastic Four, and it shouldn't. It doesn't have to. There's no. There's actually not any really reason unless you throw Galactus in there. Which you, I mean, sorry, you have to throw Galactus in there, but you don't have to have Galactus have anything to do with the Fantastic Four at this time. Right. Nor do you have to have You don't have to have Galactus to really interfere with. I mean, yes, he is the heraldist the first time they meet him, but at the same time, it's like this is what I've been saying about Fantastic Four. It's they could show up anywhere in the goddamn universe. And it's okay because that's what they are. They're they're explorers. They're cosmonauts. You know that's that's what the Fantastic Four are. They're not supposed to be grounded on Earth. Right. That's what makes it the most boring ass three movies. Like yeah, they go these different dimensions because that's what how they get their powers. But it's like that's all you do with them, and it's it's no fun. And that's why it's like my belief is like you know this another this, we've talked about this but fantastic four needs to be rooted that they already exist in the marvel universe when they show up in the studios films correct um i also think that brian kavon is above doing a silver server movie yeah <laughs> that was my other thing it was just like eh, you know i love brian kavon but i could like i don't know if he's ever written silver surfer i'd have to look 
back mm. through his his you know lineage there but i just eh, even his name being attached to it i just i'd rather have it be like some weird ass sci-fi writer to be honest with you um because i think it should all stay cosmic but so anywho so silver surfer is getting in the mix and then finally you know if we just have to kind of put the put the puzzle pieces in what we would get next year would be new mutants because it's mostly filmed already uh deadpool uh no sorry x-force and then something else has to start filming like asap in order to make the end of uh the year next year and then that's what i'm, that's so what that's I'm saying man like they so they have to they have to green light one of these movies and obviously uh gambit was supposed to be greenlit so maybe that's the most logical one but that movie will have to have a director and it'll have to be greenlit like today in order yeah. to start filming in order to start coming out next year um right. at the end of next year right i mean new mutants out of the three movies that were supposed to come out this year was the youngest and that i mean that movie seems like they could shoot it faster you know, I mean, it is more of a horror movie and it's going to require less effects and stuff and less time. But what other movie really falls in that category where you're going to be able to shoot that by next year and make it a movie that, you know, is going to be good? Well, X-Force. And the reason why is because... X-Force, you're already counting. A, th- a third movie. Oh, a third movie? Yeah, you X-Force, don't, whatever. A Gambit movie should not cost... It should cost as much as a Deadpool movie. You you Less. got the fucking it should, but I mean like really in all honesty, you have his effects with the cards and whatever else they decide to do for explosion things, but like you really don't need it to be too over the top. You can do it Logan style, and it shouldn't cost that much money. Um, but let's talk about New Mutants. It was supposed to come out in October. They pushed it back to February. The rumor, or I, I guess it's a fact, is that they're gonna do vast reshoots because they're going to introduce a whole new character um that wasn't in the original footage so it's interesting to me who the character is i don't know might be warlock that is a rumor um but what do you think sure right well whatever just keep coming up with excuses why this movie didn't come out this year fine Whatever you gotta tell yourselves. Whatever you gotta tell yourself. All right, so that's that's it for our Marvel news. Why don't you start taking over DC? Speaking of whatever you have to tell yourself, um, DC movie verse. <laughs> let's let's talk about the big news of the last uh, week or so here. Uh, Joss Whedon has stepped down from Batgirl. Says he has no story to go on for this one. Listen, I don't blame the guy for stepping down. To be honest. Um, I'm a fan of Age of Ultron. I don't see... I understand why, like... I, I don't understand why he got so much flack for it. I just think it's a lot of trolling. Um, yes, there were some things about that movie that didn't make sense. And it's not as good as the first one. But leave the guy alone. He's he's accomplished. Um, but why would you want to, you know... You take over Justice League. The movie gets shit on. You think you're really going to stay and, and write a female character that deserves a female writer and director um, outside of him. Outside of him. That's that's all I'm going to say. It's it's a dangerous... Working on any DC movie these days is a dangerous feat for your career. I think 
there's a few things, right? There's a few factors. It's the Justice League that everyone flipped the shit out when they saw Zack Snyder footage. Like, oh, why didn't Zack Snyder do this? Blah, blah, blah. J- Joss Whedon ruined the movie. And, Fuck that. Because they have turned around and say the same thing about Zack Snyder if he would have done the whole movie. It's just... Uh, you're Absolutely. Right. You're correct. Um, but remember, Joss Whedon quit the internet after Age of Ultron because people shit on him. The other thing is, is that as a prolific uh, writer as he is with Buffy and Dollhouse and, you know, uh, Frey comic, like making strong female characters, to me, it seemed like a no-brainer to put him in as a writer of Batgirl. But then he also gets slammed from his ex-wife saying, like, no, he actually is a piece of shit and he doesn't like women. And a lot of people then, that was a huge thing. So, like, anything that he would do, I think his thing is, like, I don't believe that he had no story. Joss Whedon is a fucking myriad of ideas. He's got stories. But I think what happened was, with all that flack, plus the sexual harassment stuff, um, whatever story that he would create would get shit on. People wouldn't see the movie. It wouldn't make any money. People would be like, why is there a a man writing this movie and a man directing this. Like it just, there was no odds that he would win. Even if the movie was amazing, which maybe that's the only odds that would make him win. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. So first off, uh, before we get into the second part of this story, uh, actually, no, um, let me, let me bring this up. So then, uh, Raxan gay expressed interest immediately. um, as did Gail Simone, uh, Roxanne Gay, she's a prolific writer, also wrote Water Wakanda, so she does have comic book experience. We all know Gail Simone. They expressed interest, uh, but now the movie has been labeled as no longer a priority for DC uh, to make as a film. Listen, your priority is to make a Batman film, and you still can't do that. How the hell do you think you're going to like make a Batgirl film first? It, go ahead. No, no, I agree. I think like they their priorities are so fucked up mm-hmm. because they could make an entire cinematic universe devoted to Batman. Yeah, easy, easy, easy. Introduce if if you want to go do it ass backwards again and introduce Nightwing and introduce Batgirl and blah 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 and Suicide Squad and you know what I mean. Like you have the way you have. You have more characters than you'll ever need for a cinematic universe just based off of Batman. And they could be using that as their priority since Batman is the face of every fucking DC animated movie. And I'm okay with it. Batman metal, Batman fucking everything. But I, and I love Batman. I'm just saying if that Batman's your priority, well then it should be on the top of your list to make a Batgirl movie. Well, they just did something in the comics where they, they made a joke out of it basically where they, they, they made, Batman stepped down from leading JLA or something like that because they're like, you're just, you're, you're, how are you everywhere at once? It, they kind of made the joke on themselves because it's like, does Batman need to be everywhere to make a DC title popular? It, that's, that was the crutch that they were going on from the beginning, like you just mentioned about the animated movies. And now they're at a point where a lot of their characters, yeah, they, they are more well known and, and, and becoming more popular. But, um, like I've always said, I think Batman would exist better as a on a paid cable TV show. Say now you have a streaming service comes out. Where's your Batman show? That's like a twelve 
episode show a year um, goes into his detective work, goes into his more obscure villains because you can't keep doing the same formula on on the big screen because it's like, yeah, I like the Joker, but I don't want to see four movies about the Joker. I don't want to, you know, like you haven't even really done a really good Riddler movie yet either, but would a Riddler fit better on, on a small screen where you have more time to really flesh out a villain like that? Because the thing about Batman villains, they're more complex, you know? I mean, they're not just black and white. It's like, I really feel like something like that would have always existed better on HBO, Stars, or maybe the streaming service. I do, completely agree. I just think that, like, in the business sense, they're always going to put Batman in the big screen because Which how can. much money it's going to make. And I think that if you're if you're going to do it, and that's probably what you're going to do, well, then do it correctly. Like, don't like I like when you go and look at the billions of dollars that the Nolan movies made. Like that's what Warner Brothers sees. Like we need that again. We need to make that. You know what I mean? Like lightning in a bottle again. But like, and don't we're not gonna have that conversation mm-hmm. about how we don't like those movies. But the thing is, is like we haven't seen a good Batman movie, in my opinion, since Batman Returns. Like, <laughs> like I want to see a fucking good Batman movie. <laughs> I don't need to see, like, you're right. I could spend a whole movie with just the Riddler. Just a Saw-type movie where Batman has to actually use detective skills to take down this one villain, which then, as a post-credit sequence, he puts him in Arkham, and you see a bunch of other villains, and you go, oh, what is going on here? Or, Or literally copy and paste the plot of Arkham Asylum, the game, and literally make that into a movie where he has to break into Arkham and you see all of his villains for two seconds. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to take that long and then branch out. But, you know, we're not the ones fucking writing these things. Good thing that you would think like you always say, like, how the fuck are going to do a good job or maybe? I don't, I don't know. That's what why I hope Gail, you know, if they, if they did it, give Gail Simone that fucking movie. I swear to God. Give her the Batgirl movie. Yep. Her and Chuck Sadarsky can write it, and it'll be great. Yep. Or Chip Sadarsky, sorry, Chip Sadarsky. Chip, 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 chip. All right, oh, moving on. Moving yeah. on. Um, we got a first look at Zachary Levi in the Shazam costume. We think it's Zachary Levi, or perhaps stunt double. Um, but it looks great. Uh, it's a very classic-looking Captain Marvel costume, which kind of, I guess, some fans were getting kind of. I mean, let me let me re let me re-edit what I just said. These are not fans, because fans would actually know what the old Captain Marvel costume looks like. These are the usual internet trolls who think they know everything and think that the Shazam costume should look like the modern one. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck you. Um, Looks cool. I'm excited for this movie. Um, Keep my expectations low as usual, but uh, if we can keep this on, you know, fun and energetic and kind of zany, then yeah, you've achieved something. Magic. Let me say this. A it wasn't an official look. It was the back of him. Right. It looks like Zachary Levi mm-hmm. a bit. <clears throat> I don't think that's the costume. I think that's a costume as a throwback to the original costume, but that is not the costume. Mm-hmm. When have we seen a completely comic accurate costume in any one of these Marvel or DC movies? We never have. And we never will. We see something that looks like it, 
but the details are so fucking crazy. Like on uh Kale L suit, you know what I mean? Like they're just millions of little S's, you know what I mean? All sewn together. Like that is not the costume. I was like, Oh, that's really great. It's not the costume. It's maybe something like from a cartoon or like some sort, like something that is Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Like he, like a, like a serial, like, you know, when we see Captain America in the first movie and we see that classic Captain America outfit, but that's not his outfit. We see it's it not. only as he wears it. He does, but it's, it's part of the promotional thing. Right. So right. this is, this is not it. It's cool. We got to see it. And I hope they release an official outfit soon that will, you know, maybe Clay Enos would fucking shoot it. Like, you know, Zachary Snyder's, um, Zack Snyder's uh, photographer guy. I don't know. Whatever. Why? Zack Snyder got fired. He did, but Clay, you know, is a photographer. Um, I'm, they I'm fired all of that. They did. I'm excited for this movie. I, I've said it before. David F. Sandberg, director of Lights Out and uh, Annabelle Creation. And he's just a, he's a good horror director. So I'm also very excited to see, like, what does that mean? What does that director's mentality mean for a movie that's so magic filled and fucking weird? A little kid, you know, it's big. It's big. You know what I mean? Like, this is like this is like their chance to do something '80s nostalgic. I mean, it's a whole. I mean, you got a group of kids who are like the main, you know, the main characters in the movie. You know, so it's going to be a lot of interaction um, on a different level than we've seen in a lot of comic book movies. So. It'll be interesting to see if they actually take the right steps towards it. Yes. Uh, speaking of missteps, Blanky um, <clears throat> Phoenix was questioned about the Joker film, either playing coy or he's in his own world as usual. But he says, "What movie about a Joker?" Was he was quoted saying. So, um, I just I wanted to throw that in there. I don't. It doesn't have any weight with me either way because I mean, you know, people aren't supposed to talk about things, so they're, you know, they're like that. But it would be interesting if, if he had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> At the same time. I mean, I don't know anything about Joaquin Phoenix. He seems like the kind of guy like Orlando Bloom who like doesn't know, like he doesn't use like the internet, doesn't <laughs> email it. You know, what I mean, he seems like that type of actor. You know what yeah. I mean? He just doesn't, you know, it's not like Jared Leto, who's like addicted to like social media. I and mean, I'm good. I love Jared Leto. I think he's a good guy. But I just think like Joaquin Phoenix probably didn't read all these rumors about yeah. the Joker. Or maybe his agent was like, people want you to play the Joker. And he was like, I don't read comic books. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, so, or again, he could just be lying. Um, we already talked about it. I don't think he would be my choice for the Joker. But we've been proven wrong before, so whatever. We've never been proven wrong by these movies. So, all right. Let's talk about something that people actually care about. Um, Star Wars. All right. So, two months until Solo. Wait, you don't want to talk about that last piece of the Aquaman? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean... Yeah, like I said, that people actually care about. I'm no, just joking. Um, James wants Aquaman. 
I'm very excited for this movie, to be honest with you. I hope it, I really hope it's on the same level as like, uh, you know, mythos creating that Wonder Woman presented to us. I really hope that they really do a good job with Atlantis. I don't care so much about the DC elements in this one. Um, I just want to see a good Aquaman, like, throne story, you know, like that classic medieval tale. So I think that's what we're going to get. Uh, it will be interesting to see the effects that they use for the underwater compared to Justice League, uh, which were kind of shitty. Uh, so we'll see. It's getting it's getting rave reviews so far, which means nothing to us. Uh, tons of action and very emotional, they're saying. Yeah, I just, you know, I, 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 James Wan has not failed me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for right now. My expectations for any DC film are so far below any bar. It just doesn't matter, even for a James Wan directed film. But he hasn't failed me yet. Um, I am very excited. You know, they named that head of DC to be this new guy who's like a horror guy. You know, horror producer. And I like that. David F. Sandberg is a horror <laughs> director. Uh, it worked really well with uh, Scott Derrickson working on um, uh, what you call Doctor it, Strange. Doctor Strange, and John Watts did some horror thriller type stuff uh, with Spider-Man: Homecoming. So I like that these horror directors who have a different sort of eye than we're used to uh, taking over these franchises because I think it it lends itself to they're used to working on a budget. They're used to working very fast schedules, uh, stretching a budget, which is why J- uh, Joss Whedon was so good with Avengers. The movie cost nothing compared to what they cost nowadays. And he made that movie still top five greatest superhero movies of all time. So anywho, with all that being said, I do want to see Aquaman, but I still have low expectations. Yeah. Like, when I watched Justice League, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't feel either way about that character. They just, there was no way yeah. to it. My man. Yeah, Woo. I mean, I, I would have been fine with that, with something that would have explained who he was in the first place. You know where'd what I mean? His, where'd he get his, uh, you know, he just, he, to me, seemingly, he knew, I guess he knew Mira, and he knew where Atlantis was. But he doesn't so interact with them. But they're like, at some point, in some point of time, they had said, oh, hey, we have this uh, magical armor for you. Um, right. If you just want to come pick it up anytime, you could, you could do that. Well, that's, you that's don't have to take over no, the No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're being too cynical about it. It has no, think about it more simple. He knows he's the son of the queen. Like, he knows what his place is by the Justice League. All right. It doesn't mean he accepts it. You know, he's out being a drunk in this but fisherman they can town. But give him. No. Let's not, even, let's not even stop arguing. It's not even a point for us to argue about this stupid movie. <laughs> the point about this is like he goes down there, doesn't even mention who she is, which is stupid. Like, like, who, like general audience, hello. Like, who's this lady in the water? You know, <laughs> that's it. Uh, it's, it's, Dallas a, Howard. it's so exact. It's so stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, I was ready to not like the character, but I would. I just felt bad for Jason Momoa's character because it's like there's nothing behind him it's like yeah i want to see this movie now because if they make him a badass fine cool that's it all right whatever move on on. so star wars uh there are some spoilers here for 
those of you who don't want to hear it, just a small spoiler. Um, we know, as always, just books released around every Star Wars movie, novels, young adult, kids, adult um, companion books, all that shit. Um, so here's a little list of the, the ones that are coming out. Uh, we heard about Last Shot, which is the the adult novel that's going to be Han Solo and Lando-centric. I'm really interested in this as it covers before and after the Solo movie and after Return of the Jedi. Uh, so this will be – that's a neat book. I'm, I'm always interested in what how they're going to build that after their uh, Return of the Jedi world. So I'm kind of interested in seeing where they go with that. Um, there's a young adult novel called Most Wanted with Kira – uh, played by um, what's her name there? <clears throat> I don't remember. Amelia Clark. Clark. Um, so this is a little spoiler here. The two of them have known each other since childhood. So this is going to be the stories of the two of them. Yes. I read the uh, Entertainment Weekly article on them, mm-hmm. and because I don't give a shit about this movie, yep. so I didn't mind. But it is kind of neat that they've known each other their whole life, and so she knows them a little differently. Yeah, I mean, you don't is get she that. Good? Is she bad? We don't know. You don't get that from the trailer at all. No. Except that she's like, I'm the only one that really knows what you are. Now we kind of understand that line more. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's a kid's book called The Mighty Chewbacca, Forest of Fear. Uh, yeah. This one actually sounds cool because Chewie and Han actually have a little crossover with Cassian and K2SO. Um, this is a book? Kid's book. Kids book. Oh, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, book. yeah. Where's that? Where's that adult novel? That'd be an awesome cross. That would be um, comic. Yeah. Um, speaking of comic, there's a new Lando comic coming out as well. Uh, so that'll be taking place right before Solo. And uh, like I said, there's more. There's the the visual guides, the art of Solo, I'm sure, and all the usual books. So if you're a book guy, it's coming, buddy. Um, Anything to say on that? I'll wait. You know, okay. I'm waiting. You, you know, they got to do what they got to do to promote this thing, and um, we'll see. The, the, do we know who's writing this new Lando? Because who was it before? Mark Wade? No, yeah. it was it was Charles Soule. Oh, not, it was so fucking good. It was. It was uh, read that comic <laughs> if you want, and if. If they decide yeah. to branch out and do other movies with other solo characters, uh, I could see a Lando comic that's a prequel with Donald Glover that they just take that idea. It's very good. So it's called Lando Double or Nothing, written by Ron, Rodney Barnes. No clue. Nope. Okay. Says he's he's written Falcon before, so that's sure. Not not the Millennium Falcon. Um, moving on to another little book tidbit here the last jedi novelization has dropped some canon uh i don't uh, i don't know what to really call this i mean this is huge <laughs> uh so let's just mention it. it it mentions that luke skywalker has a wife in a it was a flashback or yeah um something like that I, I i haven't really read into it too much outside the fact that everybody you know, starts throwing Mara Jade pictures up, of course. It's just um, a line. It's a line that says, uh, I can't remember ex- ex- specifically, it's just like, Luke is standing next to his wife. That's right. the line. Now, I really, there was something I wanted to talk about 
regarding Rebels last night with this. That no. I can't. So you and I will bring this up at a later point. Remember, please, whether it's just you and I. Um, but moving on from uh, that little thing. But if it's, if, you know, the more that they're going to take these canon characters, say they do bring Mara Jade back, uh, they brought Thrawn back in in decent decent form. Um, uh, there, you know, there's some some issues with the first the book and things like that. It's not as I don't feel it's as epic as of yet of what they did with say Heir to the Empire and that trilogy. Um, but but yeah, I, we're getting another yet. book. We're getting another yes. book. We're getting another book with Vader and him. Um, and it I will love Thrawn and Rebels. You know, Thrawn Rebels is great. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully they don't kill off Thrawn and Thrawn just can continue. Though I do think he dies next week. <laughs> so I don't think so. Because I don't know when that. Uh, I don't think so. But I don't know. I have to watch the show. I don't Maybe, think. I don't think. Let's, what are you, the banish him? I'm sorry. If your best Grand Admiral is not around during the Civil War, <laughs> he's dead at some point. So I have no expectation. Thrawn is an expert in the Outer Rims, unlike right. most other. I get that point. I get that. So either way. He's disappearing from canon. Correct. So he's going to die or not die. He's going to die in a way. And he's either going to escape to the Outer Rim and then show up later. But Let's go gone. back to Mara Jade. Let's, let's not. Because it's not even Mara Jade yet. So let's, this is the thing. If they're going to recanonize characters, how do you do it properly? Throw them in this... novelizations of movies with scenes that didn't happen in the movie. That's exactly. how you do it. You you say you have to read the novelization, and then that's canon, and then that will affect episode nine. That's the best, most effective way to really get to all the billions of people who watch the movie. This is why we're going to have – sorry, guys. We're going to have a podcast about canon. That's Star Wars canon, and what do they care about? What don't they care about? Because this is the sort of thing where – like, if you saw fucking Kylo Ren kill Luke's wife, like, mind blown. But then you would expect him to come out and not be a fucking ghost and actually, like, take down, you know, a, a walker. But anywho, I don't know. This is, yeah. This, this is, is a bigger conversation. This, we can this, is way, this is way deeper because, yeah. <laughs> you know what, man? Regardless of how... You feel about the Last Jedi? Sometimes I feel like there's not enough weight behind it yet um, for us to really like get into that those feels. I get the feels, but at the same time, I need I need to know way more about this this time period, and it's it's time to really start developing it because regardless what happens in Episode Nine, it right now you could build everything up to Episode Eight, and it's not going to affect Nine most mostly. That's, um, so it's, it's, it's time, man, especially if they do a time jump. It's an issue that we're really having to deal with, with this Han Solo thing is because the focus is between, or actually before a new hope. And the focus has been like that since they, they took over. And with the exception of little things here and there, you know what I mean? Journey to the force away or, uh, oh, the journey. Jedi. 
Yeah. And we have like a you know a fucking uh, what's her name book, and like that's it. Phasma, um, yeah. Phasma. It's like that whole thirty year time period. I'm sorry, like you need to mind that because for people like us, it's like you're right. Like what what are you doing? Like who is Snoke? Who are these people? Like you really do need to to give us a little bit more. Um, and it right now there's no plans to do it. They have nothing. They have nothing on the docket. Let's not say they they don't have nothing because nothing to tell us yet, right? Except for three shows planned for the streaming service. You know, we know that they they have plans, but it's like I still kind of feel like sitting in limbo with with what's going on sometimes, and this kind of stuff actually kind of pisses me off because I would never go and read that book. Well, now, I but have. now now I kind of feel like. Do you? Because the excerpts are mine. But, like, why you do that kind of stuff? The Last Jedi, <laughs> when I, after watching it four times, and I do enjoy it, mm-hmm. I think it has it has worn off a little bit in the last couple months. Like, it didn't stick with me like Force Awakens did. Right now, I'm like, eh, you know, I'll watch it when it comes out. I, I, I don't have that urge as right. much because... I feel that even though I get the choices that he made, I really think they could have done it differently in some points. And I know it's not my movie. I'm not fucking Ryan Johnson and I respect him as a filmmaker and a writer and everything else. But I think that right now when you see stuff like this and I think there's like more scenes in there with like, I think there's more other things in the novelization that we're going to see, but it's just like, this movie is either going to be a blip in the Star Wars world, like in all of the, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Or it changes everything. But unfortunately, we're really not going to know until, until episode nine. Because episode nine is going to be what does it. So let's just go into that last point. Episode nine script is done. JJ submitted it. It is done. Let's start shooting this movie. I think we're supposed to start shooting it this summer. Pretty sure. So awesome. I can't yeah. wait. But I I understand what you're saying about that. Um maybe in ten years the movie has more weight with us, you know. Like I said, maybe after episode nine it does. But the I really feel like the whole Carrie Fisher death screwed them up. So we really don't I, I know it changed everything, I'm sure. Unless they well, recast her or whatever. In episode eight though. They had mostly finished that film though. No, they had finished it. That's right. what I mean. Like it didn't change anything about episode eight. That's the right. decisions that they made. Episode right. nine is gonna be what? Did I say eight or nine? You said eight. Oh sorry, nine. Nine. Yeah, yes, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So hey. there you go. all right. So good time for commercial. I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. 
Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again! Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All right, we are back after those amazing and exciting commercials. We're going to get right into what we call everything else. Everything Um, else. Yep, that is the theme song. Um, Okay, so CD Projekt Red, uh, the people behind Witcher 3, are working on Cyborg 2077 game, a cyberpunk game, which Chris and I are huge fans of back in the in the 90s times, and it's supposed to be more ambitious than Witcher 3, which Witcher 3, I haven't played it, but I've heard it's one of the biggest fucking games ever. I heard, I've heard it's very ambitious. Um, no, if I can ever get done with Horizon Zero Dawn, which I'm taking my sweet-ass time with, though I'm putting in... Eight hours a day. Uh, <laughs> I will play Witcher three next. That's uh, one of my on my list. And when I saw this news the other day, I got super excited. Uh, I love Shadowrun and all those games, and I think it's damn well time we get a game of this scale uh, set in that set in that kind of genre. Yeah, and if it's better than Syndicate, which Deuce sex. Kind of, yeah, like I don't well, it's different than do sex. I just don't yeah. need a first player shoot. I want it right. to be a third uh, person game, and I will buy it day one if it's yeah. going to be like one of those RPG aspects, all that great stuff. Um, okay, can can you this. take this one. Yeah, so Amazon has has been trying to gobble up all the all the titles they can for their streaming service. It's been rumored for a long time that they're that they were going to get the Dark Tower series um, after the movie failed epically. Uh, there was little hope that this was ever going to get made. Now it looks like they just they got they got the rights to it again, and apparently it's going to be out it has nothing to do with the film or outside of the film or something like that. Um, so they're going to try to set themselves apart from it um, and hopefully make something a little bit better. I did watch the movie. It's not good um so whatever uh also amazon acquired the rights to the wheel of time uh was robert jordan's classic um fantasy book series uh which could take years to make tv series out of the huge books versus there's just so many books in that series so that's that's kind of exciting because they've been really trying to push that for years try to get that on on tv and but Looks like Amazon's getting very uh, ambitious <laughs> with their uh, with their shows. Yeah. So it seems like Amazon is now going to be the fantasy network. 
Yeah, man. Because, you know, they also have Conan in development. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Um, Lazarus, Snow Crash, and Ringworld. That's all new stuff? That's all new stuff. Uh, Snow Crash is actually uh, cyberpunk. Awesome. So that's good. Lazarus is like a future world thing with warring families. Um, Snow Crash is oh wait sorry that's no question and then ring world um i don't know i guess it's inspired by the video game halo or halo got inspired by that interesting so interesting um this kid accepts a gift as a birthday to travel to a distant artificial ring world so i don't know it's a i don't i don't know but Whatever. Keep making quality TV shows on these networks that are trying to compete with Westworld and uh, Game of Thrones and, you know what I mean, like Altered Carbon on on Netflix supposedly is freaking insanely good. I haven't seen it yet, but like Uh I'm I'm happy because the I'm, I'm happy in the sense that like the quality keeps going up on television shows. I'm sad in the sense that like I don't have enough time to watch everything. Yeah, I don't even have time to watch shows I really want to watch. Uh, <laughs> you better be making something damn good. <laughs> I'll see. We'll see. That's, um, what it, that's what binging's all about. That, that's <laughs> it. Uh, speaking of binging, uh, Lost in Space is coming to Netflix, apparently. Um Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Re- did you watch the trailer? I didn't. Uh, super. It's a tease. Real teasy thing. People are like, it's, it seems so serious. It's like, okay. Honestly, you don't you see the characters walking on like a Mars type of thing. And like that's it. It's just like we left Earth to go visit space. I guess it's serious, but it's not like I don't know. The trailer didn't do anything to like make me go, oh my gosh. But it's a Netflix show. I'll watch at least the first episode. I did watch Lost in Space as a kid. I did not watch the new movie because it looked like shit. And then I heard it was shit. Um, so I don't know. We'll check it out. Netflix. I mean, they, they said that they're, they're spending $8 billion in 2018, $8 billion. Awesome. 8 billion. (laughs) Yeah. Their, their main goal. I mean, I guess this is like a little bit of news, but like their main goal right now is switching from movies to television. Um, they have a lot more television stuff in the works. Um, I mean, really, just the last couple of weeks, we've gotten like a slew of shows and movies. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, I didn't even know this has happened. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, next, we're getting supposedly the Bloodshot movie is going to start shooting in May. Uh, Valiant Comics own first step into their own cinematic universe produced by Sony and Valiant and maybe uh, Vin Diesel is starring in that role. Still a rumor, nothing official yet. Uh, You know what? When it comes to Valiant, when I see something from it, I'll believe it. Um, (laughs) To be honest. I mean, I don't want to give them a lot of shit, um, but We've been waiting for the live-action Ninjak for a while. It's coming holiday this year, which is pushed way 
way back compared to what it where it was, you know. Um, so I know they're just trying to perfect things and get it right because you really don't want to jump into this this business and and start off on the wrong foot because that'll just ruin your franchise. So hey, I'm excited for whatever they want to do. I just I, I want to see it done right. That's that's the bottom line. Well, they got that new CEO. Um, Dinesh is gone. They got a new CEO, and I think that guy's push is their cinematic universe. Like they really want to push these different IPs out there. So I think we will get good stuff. Why? Get, um, why? Why have Dinesh stepped down or whatever? I don't. Really we still don't know. He has not officially said anything, so still don't know. Um. On the other side of things, uh, the next Transformers movie, after the Bumblebee movie, will be a reboot. Um, the first movie, I think, came out in 2009, 2010. It's been a while now. Um, no, it was before I moved out here. So before 2007. I thought we saw it together. Quite possibly. I'm looking it up. Um, but either way, 2007, you're right. Yeah, yeah right. So... The next one in 2019 will be a reboot of the first movie and start off a new. So, I mean, the Transformers franchise has made billions of dollars in merchandising and everything else. So it's stupid not to keep that party train going, but let's hope they get a new direction as to what to do and keep it all in Cybertron. <laughs> Biggie on. <laughs> um, Rocketeer. Uh, getting turned into an animated show and coming to Disney Junior. Great. <laughs> this, I was a little bit excited about this until I realized it was a kids show. Um, it'd be cool for kids, but I don't think kids really give a shit who the Rocketeer is. But they might now. Maybe. This this world is so saturated with superheroes and stuff like the Rock. Where's the Rocketeer gonna fit in? If he's not part of like <laughs> the mainstream. <laughs> Like, have Joe Johnson do a Captain America Rocketeer crossover in the 1940s, then come talk to me. <laughs> I think, I think it. it depends. You know what I mean? Like, there's there was a lot of stupid shows when we were kids that were superhero shows. Like, you know, not stupid, but just, like, that were not Marvel or DC. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when we think about the ones we grew up with, He-Man is a type of superhero. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Different. This is you can't compare that. It's a whip. Not now that I'm saying he. I'm saying our childhood compared to now. Come on, man. This is a lot different than right. what kids are like. I I see what the fuck is on these these cartoon channels. It's a bunch of garbage. It's like growing up, we had like yeah, there was there was some stuff that was like whatever. But I mean, come on, Disney afternoon, Saturday morning TV. Like we had the real the real programming growing up. And it was like, what shaped us? What shaped geek culture? Now it's like, I don't give a shit about 90% of what's on TV. You know, it's like, and then something like this comes along. I think it's great, but where does it really fit in? Um, I, I, I'm glad it's, it's female led. That's really cool. Um, and if they're trying to re, you know, reinvent this old hero, but you know, I, at the same time, like I said, I'd rather see that crossover. I just watched it. <laughs> Go wild. Come on. With the shadow and the phantom. That's uh, right. That's right. That's right. The real league. 
so let's we're gonna end the episode with what we've been doing, uh, which is pursuit of plastic. Um, we have Mezco uh, just released their pre-order for their Evil Dead Two um, Ash figure. Uh, long anticipated since the last Toy Fair, so it's good that it's getting released. Three heads, multiple hands, accessories. I'm debating holding out for a different exclusive that they may release, but I don't know. I don't know. What are they going to do? Like the only thing I could see is doing an Army of Darkness anniversary edition where they give like the boomstick. Is the boomstick even in that in that pack? I don't even know. Like he they could give him. He doesn't use that in Evil Dead Two. Oh, that's right, because the shotgun gets sucked off the wall, doesn't it? And that's what I'm the, saying. Like, yeah. so the mechanical I, hand. He would have the ripped shirt. He would have uh, maybe maybe a two pack with Evil Ash. Like that's why I was thinking Evil Ash too, but I think that's a little uh, aggressive because that would require a little more sculpting on their part. Maybe because we talked about these two packs would be awesome to see down the road. But then you're touching on the point, like, if I buy an Ash, I already have a fucking Ash, so why would I buy this two-pack? You know? So that would have been the smart thing, right? <laughs> Release a two-pack right around this time. Um, but you're right. Um, if it, if it want... gets popular and it gets if this pre-order does well, yeah. we will see another Ash. I also think that they, the more pictures I see close into him, he has that shin. Even on that. Film oh, he does. Piece. I think they changed that sculpt. To be honest with you, Both I really do. Since since we saw him in Toy Fair last year, yeah. I think that sculpt got changed because this one looks a lot better. Because when we saw him, he was like a baby face, and it's like, come on, that chin is what makes Bruce Campbell. We all, if chins could talk, that's his book. That's yep. what he is. Yep. Jack of all trades, uh, <laughs> which is a good show. Ash of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Haya Toys. Um, they focus on one eighteenth scale figures, which is not a market that we necessarily buy a lot of. Um, you, you don't see it too, too much, but, uh, the cool thing is, is that we saw them, um, at Toy Fair last year, 2017, and they had, uh, shown a bunch of alien and predator figures. Um, just the, the previs, like the, like the 3d printed models and now those predators are finally released um you can get them at big bad toy store right now for 20 bucks um and what's coming out are the aliens figures including this summer i think in may the apc uh the huge one from aliens um and you know these figures interact with each other um they're that 118 scale which is it's a weird model but still lots of points of articulation accessories and at twenty dollars a figure, they're not too expensive. Uh, twenty dollars a figure for a goddamn four-inch action figure. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, these look. This is cool. If if you have Neca- diorama, you have diorama. Right. I mean, it's a lot easier to to play with these figures and 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 to put them into whatever your your setups are. But you know what? They're they're coming on the shirt tails of NECA and it's, it's, it's very difficult, you know, to say, yeah, I would go and get these. Yeah. They're doing an APC. That's awesome. I mean, it's much easier at that scale, than seven inch, of course, but um, you know what? This is an easy pass for me. I think it's a great idea, but I don't see Haya really having this be popular for more than two years. A, it took too long for them to come out with this in the first place. 
think to counter that, there's no set time when it should come out. And the other thing is, is that when we look at, like, you and I don't buy miniatures. You know what I mean? The miniature things that we buy are Legos and Mini Mates. These are miniatures, man. They're, sorry, I know that. They're not miniatures, okay. but okay. we don't get, like, Warhammer. And right. obviously, it's a very popular line of figures because you can draw on them and everything else. But, like, I think that there's a there's a figure for everybody. You know what I mean? Every type of collector. Yeah, I get that. You're, I mean, people who love, like, the old Star Wars size, the G.I. Joe size. The I hate ability that. to get vehicles with that. I don't like it personally. But you know what? To get a power loader and an APC and all that stuff in the same same line, that's that's cool. You know, people yeah. are begging they're going to make these vehicles. And exactly. They will. But, I mean, it costs a lot of money. But um, not at this scale. I mean, come on. $20 for the one one figure? Well, yeah. I'm sure the APC is going to be like 60 bucks. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're still coming out it, the same it, price. It could, go, it could go down to 15 and I think that would be better for the figures. Um, they should, yeah. That's that's the one thing. I get it. It's import, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Haya is also going to be doing, I mean, they're going to be doing those Justice League figures, so, I mean, they're going to take a big loss on that. So, two years. <laughs> two years so. highest highest to the street. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> I did want to mention uh, we are – so we're on iTunes, um, and you can rate and review us there, but we're actually switching over to uh, more of a cross-platform, uh, Radio Public, um, which I will have a link in the show notes to. Um, Radio Public, the cool thing is, is that they add some ads on, which you may have heard or not have heard, um, if I had this set up right. But – they give us a kickback to produce the show. So um, if you can listen to them that way, that's all I'm asking, especially if you listen to us on your computer. And we did get a really big uptake of uh, uh, downloaders lately. So thank you for that, guys. Awesome. Um, good to know that people like our, our voices. Um, but yeah, so you'll see a, a Radio Public uh, link. And you know, click on click on that. Probably instead of the Libsyn link, it will be to to Radio Public now. Um, but where else can you find us? We are on the glorious interwebs uh, at don'tforgetatowel.com, your daily source for all news, reviews, interviews, and all those sorts. Uh, we're also on the social medias: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check us out. Uh, We'd love to interact with you if you have something to say to us. Uh, also, if you have any ideas for the show, if you want to actually jump on board and do some writing for us, we'd love that as well. Uh, so we're always, you know, we're always looking for options when it comes to the Telelight Nation. Absolutely. Um, so this is Casey saying, "What's the deal with Star Wars canon?" <laughs> this is Chris. We'll figure out that out soon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>